Welcome to episode 60 of the Free Spirit Academy podcast, Making Peace with the Body You Call Home. Free Spirit Academy is about you getting to be fully yourself. My name is Randy Moss, and I'm an eating psychology coach and kundalini yoga teacher, having conversations about healing our relationships with food, our bodies, and ultimately everything that we are. I am so happy that you're here for this conversation. So I'm switching gears a little bit this week, kinda, uh, with all of the talk of chronic illness and disordered eating and healing diets, bringing the body image conversation in is maybe surprisingly important. So working with healing diet, chronic illness, disordered eating tendencies, body image is actually key to address. And what I'm sharing today is the first audio recording from the Free Spirit Academy program, Body Love. And I admit that this course is the one that I tend to talk about the least, even though, as I said, it's as integral a piece as addressing trauma, addressing compulsive eating. Like They're all so intertwined. My hesitancy stems from the fact that I'm a small, blonde, white woman that comes with a certain experience in the world, right? My body is experienced differently in the world than other bodies. And there's privilege in that. And I used to be about 30 pounds heavier, but still I I don't know what it's like to live with the stigma of being in a body that's considered significantly overweight or obese. Um, so I'm going to talk about things like embodiment and how embodiment is the biggest key for healing body image. And, but it's also important to note that there are is this world that we are in right now, systems that we're born into and prejudices and assumptions made that are still the world we're swimming in. Um, Even if we as individuals heal all of our internalized body shame, we still are going to have different experiences in the world. I do continue to talk about body image because I know what it's like to have one's body become the primary focus of life. And feeling that everything would be okay if the body was fixed. Every client that I have had who struggled with their body image, regardless of size, describes their experience of their body essentially the same way. Living in a body that we hate can be all-consuming. It can feel like we can't be ourselves until we fix our bodies, whether that is healing from illness or losing weight or doing whatever it is that we think we need to do to be okay. We can hold ourselves back from doing what we want to do or connecting in the way that we want to connect because our body feels like a hindrance. I've had tiny little hundred pound clients who truly want to die over their cellulite. And I've had... 200 plus pound clients who are owning themselves and owning every part of who they are and healing traumas and living fully. I won't be for everyone as I talk about body image as my experience is limited and within those limits, it was all encompassing for me. I couldn't have ever felt free enough around food to grow out of a lifetime of binge eating 
or even be able to experiment healthily, like be a sane, healthy person playing with dietary shifts for healing purposes. I don't think I could have done that without addressing the body image piece or felt free just from the obsession around food perfectionism if I hadn't made peace with my body. We have to move out and beyond the body being a moral thing as if our size or shape has something to do with our our respectability or our lovability or our ability to live a full life. We have to be careful with this idea of seeing weight as a messenger that means we're doing something wrong or that we aren't pure or clean or, or fit or spiritual enough or that, heaven forbid, we might be lazy or we've let ourselves go, which is such an absurd and painful idea and one that I held. Like I, I completely understand that. Weight is so much more complex than weight equals bad and less weight equals good. And at some point in this audio, you'll hear me say that freedom is loving our aliveness. If freedom is, it's a willingness to be here with ourselves as we are and to tend to our needs from this place. It's not a magical someday land where we'll live happily ever after once we're healed or thin or spiritual or good enough. It is now, in, in this body, as it is right now. The body that you're in and that I am in is home. It's also a guide, a potential guide that holds messengers in the forms of emotions, symptoms, desires, cravings, etc., and we're much more easily to able, much more easily able to work with that messaging system when we've made peace with the body that we call home. So with that, here is the first audio of the Body Love Program. Welcome to Body Love. I am so thrilled that you're here. This course is going to be for you if you want to feel free in your body. And it's for you if you have tried affirmations and they haven't impacted the way that you feel about what you see in the mirror. It's for you if you've felt like, you know, you'll finally feel free or at peace when you have lost weight or your body has changed in some way. It's for you if you have felt awkward or uncomfortable in your body, or it's for you if you just feel completely disconnected from your body, and maybe you have felt like you should love your body to be like a good feminist or truly body positive, or maybe you feel like you can't love your body if you're carrying weight around because weight means that your body is toxic and unhealthy. Maybe you've tried to be grateful because your body can do so much and it can walk and it can run and maybe it's given birth and logically you know that's amazing and you just don't feel it. Maybe it feels like loving your body is just one more thing that you're doing wrong. And none of that feels good, obviously, but what does feel good is living in a body that we love. And on some level, I think that we all know that, but the secret is we can't put conditions on the lovability of our bodies. But for right now, let's slow down 
and settle in because so much of this work is going to be about getting into the experience of our bodies because truly the biggest key to body image pain that I have found is embodiment, feeling and knowing the body from the inside out rather than scrutinizing and controlling the body from the outside in. So wherever you're at, I would love it if you could bring all of your attention to this practice, to this audio, to the sound of my voice, to the feeling of your feet touching the floor. Or if your feet are not touching the floor, maybe it's your legs touching the floor, your back touching the back of a chair or a couch. So just bring your attention to whatever your body's touching. See if you can breathe into your belly. See if you can allow your belly to be soft. And I know that if if you're anything like me in your body image struggle, um, maybe you've had a history of holding your belly in. So see what it feels like. See what it brings up if you just let it be soft. Notice what it feels like to breathe without altering your breath in any way, just feeling the sensation of your breath moving in and out of your nose. As you hear my voice, as you feel your body against the surface. And now let yourself really see what's in front of you. So if your eyes are closed, just flutter them open. Take notice of what's in the room around you. See where your eyes are drawn. Maybe let them rest on one thing. Really let your eyes see as your ears are hearing, as your body is sensing the ground under it, as you notice that you're breathing. See if you can stay in touch with these points as we move forward in the audio. We're going to be moving into a more um, official version of this practice, this sort of orienting ourselves to our environment practice as we move on in the program. Um, And I'll talk about why we do this. But for now, see if you can stay in touch with these points as we talk. And I'm going to share a bit of my background. And do you like how I'm like, we're going to talk, but really, I'm just going to talk at you for a bit. I became obsessed with this idea of being a free spirit because I didn't feel free. I felt like I was wrong, my body was wrong, and I was just always aware of it. Growing up, I remember my dad would tease my mom if she got on the scale and went over 100 pounds, like 100 pounds total. I remember her having Victoria's Secret catalogs and Cosmo magazine. And by the time that I was initiated into this world um, with my own teen magazine, I was already obsessed with a limited idea of beauty. I was obsessed, but not tortured yet. I was still a girl. I was tiny. I didn't think much about it. And it was only when my girl body started to become woman body that things started to get painful. The first time I noticed that my body had changed, I was in a Macy's department store dressing room and I was swimsuit shopping with my mom. I was 12-ish and I was trying on my first two-piece bathing suit. And when I looked in the mirror, I remember being horrified 
and ashamed because I knew that my mom was seeing me too. And I realized I was getting fat. And the more accurate statement is that my body was now holding fat in places that it hadn't before. I was maturing and it was natural, but all I felt was this just, oh, like disgusted, deep, hot shame. And I may have been able to adapt to this if sometime after I didn't stumble across an email from my mom to my dad, where in all caps, she had written, Randy is getting fat. And for some context, they were in the middle of a messy divorce and she needed money to buy me clothes. And with an adult perspective, I can understand her panic, but my young body mind that was already so scared, it went into absolute shutdown. I felt like I couldn't breathe and my whole life became about changing my body. Throughout high school, I would of course diet, juice fast, get up early to run for at least an hour spend the entire weekend doing back-to-back workout videos. And I always had a goal. I always had a milestone, like I would be perfect by the time the banquet arrived. And that was our conservative Christian version of a prom. Or I would lose weight over the summer. One of my favorite TV shows at the time was called The Swan, which was this plastic surgery makeover show. And I also, alongside that, had this very active fantasy life, and I had lived in fantasy since I was a kid, and in hindsight, I can see that I was sensitive and in pain, and I never saw myself as sensitive, and I got super defensive if anybody called me sensitive or cute or sweet or anything like that, but what had happened was that life had felt so painful to me, so off, that I had just numbed everything that I was feeling. And with no body sensation to call home or to rest into, I had to live in fantasy. So I constantly fantasized about how life would be different and eventually, particularly, how life would be different when my body was different. I will never forget one particularly elaborate and dark fantasy where I imagined being kidnapped and tortured and that this kidnap and torture left me completely disfigured and unrecognizable. And in my fantasy, when I was finally rescued, the doctors took pity on me and gave me plastic surgery. So they transformed my body into having like a flat stomach and larger breasts, and I got Angelina Jolie's full lips and big eyes and this like upturned Barbie doll nose. It was very specific. And then, of course, I was put on the cover of People magazine after my rescue made me famous and everybody was mesmerized by how beautiful I was. And maybe hearing this, it sounds like I was just a dramatic kid. Um, And even like as I hear my voice talking about it, I'm kind of downplaying it a little bit Um, or like almost I don't know, I can feel myself almost making fun of it a little bit. But this feeling, the feeling was real. It stayed with me into my adulthood, if you would have asked me what would happen if my body never changed, I would have felt this intense despair and desperation. My life was trying to fix myself, and altering my diet was basically a hobby. Looking in the mirror every day and analyzing, like, was my stomach flatter? Was I glowy yet? Was I transforming? I avoided people and places, and life, because I was waiting until I was comfortable, until I was my real self. 
I hid in baggy clothes and I constantly wished that nobody could see me. But there came a point when I started noticing something. I was meeting elder women, women in their 60s and 70s and beyond, who still felt the way that I felt, who commented on trying to get this weight off or needing to go on a diet. And something shifted in me. I had spent so much of my life feeling like life didn't work. The way that systems were run and perspectives people had, it just, it felt off. I, I didn't want to live like most people lived, but here I was, I was doing it. I was repeating the patterns that I had been taught. And I could see that if I continued this, that if I continued waiting to live until my body was under my control, I would be doing it forever. My mom was. Why would I be different? I had the same fears and perspectives. And if I wanted my experience of life to be different, I needed a bigger perspective. I needed to honor what I wanted, to feel free in my skin without making the current skin wrong. So actually making friends with this body and the one who inhabited it, me, as I was. I'd spent so long trying to fix what I felt was wrong that I hadn't been able to feel into who I was. And I thought that I could only be that real self, my real self, when my body was transformed from the inside out. But my real self was there. She had always been there, and there were just layers of trauma and misunderstanding keeping me from connecting with that. Or from seeing that as correct, like the parts of me that were real, um, I still felt very much in judgment of them and thought, you know, I need to get rid of this or I need to change this. Like, this isn't the real thing. So where did all this come from? I mean, it's, it's estimated that women see an average of 500 ads a day, the majority showing us a limited standard of beauty. And I knew that. I knew about the Photoshop and the lighting and the plastic surgery, and I felt like a terrible feminist and person who proclaimed to be self-loving because I just didn't. I couldn't. And I felt like, of course, women should love their bodies, except me. It somehow felt different for me. These messages about what women should be, what I should be, I had been swimming in them since birth. Since before birth, really, when I shared a body with my mom who swum in this misogynist capitalist world that benefited on her insecurity. And even though I knew that what I saw on magazine covers wasn't real, I still wanted it. It had been baked into me, and the way that I felt override what I knew, overrode what I knew. So this is important. The way that I felt overrode what I knew. So this isn't a course filled with information meant to convince you that loving your body is somehow better. My experience has been that diving deep into the history of women's beauty standards and the way that business profits off of our fear and dissatisfaction with ourselves is important. It's great. And it's limited. What I tend to see is that it tends to shift us from body hate to body apathy, which is different from body neutrality or body love. It shifts us from obsessing over our bodies to not caring at all, or at least kind of stuffing down the part of us that cares and never letting her truly heal or grow. It's, it's stuffing down the part of us that hurts and desires without ever actually learning about her. 
So in this course, we'll touch on bits of information that give us the context for why we no longer need to hate our bodies, or why we never needed to in the first place. But ultimately, this is about an experience, because we can't love bodies we aren't connected to. Not only that, we can't truly heal a painful relationship with food until we've made peace with our bodies. Because as long as we're disapproving of or trying to change the body, we can't listen. Whether subtly or overtly, we'll be making choices based on changing the way we look. Rather than using intuition and lived experience to inform how we eat, there will always be some level of good and bad judgment around foods. So foods that either equate to this will make me lose weight or this will make me gain weight. There's a big difference between eating to feel good from a place of self-respect and controlling what goes into our mouth so that we can control the way we look so that we can love ourselves. And with that, it's not easy to just flip a switch and suddenly feel loving towards ourselves and what we see in the mirror, because many of us have made a literal practice of judging what we see in the mirror, and it's going to take practice to make our own inner world safe again. Any area that we're judging ourselves in makes it harder to be alive, and freedom is loving our aliveness. A huge shift that's needed is to begin seeing our bodies as on our side. They have not betrayed us, no matter our weight or our symptoms or our cravings or our feelings. And seeing our bodies as on our sides, feeling our bodies as on our sides, begins to help create the safety needed to interpret what our body is saying with the messengers that are weight, symptoms, cravings, or feelings. The body positive movement states that all people deserve to have a positive body image, regardless of how society and popular culture view ideal shape, size, and appearance. And I agree. And I also add to this the trust that everything the body does is positive. Not that it always feels good, not that we want it to stay that way, but that it is a messenger for us to bring us closer to how our body and life really work. For me, body love isn't just embracing cellulite or liking every curve every day. Those feelings are lovely and will work in that direction. But body love to me is a few things. Number one, it's loving the part of you that's not loving your body. So the part of you that wants change so desperately, the part of you that cringes when she looks in the mirror, she is hurting and she needs our love. Body love number two is treating your body with love, whether you feel it that day or not. Number three is loving being in your body, loving the experience of having a body. And number four is appreciating your body just because it's yours, like you would love a child just because they're yours. And speaking of children, we aren't born hating our bodies. Babies come in fascinated with themselves and with the world. If you watch them, they play with their toes and they, they put all of their attention on learning how they and the world work. We don't come in disliking ourselves. We learn to dislike ourselves. We don't come in shameful. We learn shame. And we can learn something new, something more true. So if body image is just the way that we imagine our body to be, we can learn to imagine something new. 
not in a heady, bypassy, floaty kind of way where we're forcing affirmations that we don't really believe, but in a deeply embodied way that allows us to fall in love with the experience of having a body. And it has to be that way because on the one hand, it can sound a bit shallow as if our body image is all in our minds and we should just be able to change it. Um, But the truth is our body image is connected with our nervous system and having a certain body shape or weight can literally feel like a life or death matter, no matter what we know. And we'll talk more about that in the audios to come, but just know that the way we imagine our body can be expanded, but we need a lot of self-compassion and understanding to do it on a meaningful level. Reimagining our bodies won't be one of those ideal body manifestation techniques where you picture yourself at a certain size or look. It's about learning what it means to embody how you want to feel. So imagining a life where you get to be more you, more and more of the time without feeling like your body is in the way. And in fact, feeling more and more like your body supports that desire. We're reimagining the body from unruly to on our sides, acknowledging that every symptom, sensation, emotion, and pound is a purposeful messenger. We're reimagining the body from something that keeps us stuck to something that is always pointing towards freedom. We're reimagining the body from conditionally lovable to unconditionally lovable. And we're reimagining the body from object to control to friend and guide to listen to and work with. So this week, what I'm going to ask of you is this. This is your first, um, this is your first sort of homework assignment. I'd like you to use the mirror as little as possible. There was a time when everything that I did sent me to the mirror. So if I'd had too much salt or if I had overeaten the night before, I'd be in the mirror the next morning, analyzing my puffiness and making a plan to fix it. Every time I passed a window, I would suck in my stomach because I couldn't bear to see what was just there. I had no idea how my body felt because I was too concerned with how it looked. So I don't want you to avoid the mirror forever. We're not here for apathy or to deny any desire to feel attractive or to look healthy or to play with style. This is just an initiation into your body. So use it for what you need it for makeup if you wear it, whatever else you need your reflection to support, but no lingering, no analyzing of your body or face or skin, no glancing at yourself in a window reflection. See if you can rest into your body this week, or at least into the surface of your body. Like we did at the beginning of this audio, resting into the surface, feeling your body against the ground beneath you, and also feeling more into what feels good. So just wondering, how does my body want to move? When does she need breaks? When does it feel good to eat? What does it feel good to eat? Begin letting your body know that you want to know her, that you are on her side as much as she is on yours, even if you don't feel it yet. You don't have to dive into a deep love fest or over-the-top affirmations. Just let your body know that you're on her side. So we're going to stay in this minimal mirror space for about a week, and we will eventually bring it back in a very intentional way. So that's the first practice. There's going to be some more practices, some embodiment practices, and some journaling before the next audio, and I will talk to you soon. 
you enjoyed this episode. For more updates on courses, classes, one-on-one mentorships, and more, go to randymoss.com, R-A-N-D-E-M-O-S-S.com. And thank you so much for listening.